you're listening to Say Yes to Travel with your host, Sarah Dandeshi. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel, uh, the Corona virus pandemic edition. And uh, this has been a really interesting time for those that have been tuning in. I've definitely been talking about uh, a lot of travel industry trends and where we're going. But now with the state of how everything has been, uh, certainly the travel and hospitality industry has come to a screeching halt. Um, But I'm going to as I've been able to bring in a couple of different people that uh, work in different realms of the travel industry, I also wanted to bring in actual medical experts. And I'm really, really excited to have Alex on today, Alex Bittner, um, who we've actually met through the hotel that I work at. And uh, Alex, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody that's tuning in? Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to talk about all of this stuff. Uh, my name is Alex. I'm a physician assistant. I am the president and assistant medical director for AMPM Doc. AMPM Doc has been providing five-star diamond medical services in the hospitality industry for over 25 years. And so we do a lot of, you know, elite medical work and, and um, taking care of people in the, hotel, in the hospitality world and hotels for um, any number of reasons. And so yeah, I'm happy to talk about all of the impact of this stuff. Yeah, well, certainly, uh, I mean, before we even get to necessarily the the travel industry realm of it, um, because that's really secondary, I think, to what um, certainly what your experience is, but also secondary to to really what the, the bigger issue is here, which is actually this virus. So um, w- what are you kind of like seeing and when did yeah when did you first kind of start realizing oh boy this is a really big deal yeah you know in the beginning there was a lot of things going around the media a lot of videos from china of, of these crazy things that were happening to people and we didn't really know if it was actually the virus or not or if it was even old videos or not uh, but then when other countries started popping up with it uh, became concerned, and then you know, realizing how how many people travel internationally every single day, you realize that it's probably going to be everywhere sooner rather than later. Um, and so, you know, as the days went on, and there were travel advisories and, and um, things like that, I realized that uh, it's probably going to hit us pretty hard because we're a society that travels all the time and we love being around people and then it became quite a big problem yeah yeah no absolutely i mean definitely a big problem and it's it's crazy how it really seemed to skyrocket and and the changes that we can even see just between the beginning of february and now i mean we're near at the end of march and the the lockdowns that we're seeing everywhere uh do you, how, how do you, I mean, and you know, we don't have to worry about necessarily getting too political or anything, but like, do you, do you think that we've done enough fast enough? Um, are we doing like the best that we can? Like, are there different things we should be doing? Yeah. You know, it, it kind of goes with the, the saying of hindsight is twenty twenty, right? We only know things are, or weren't done soon enough 
after some time has passed and we realize we maybe should have done things sooner. So ideally, yeah, all these these stay-at-home advisories and closing all the businesses and travel and all of that, if it was done right away, it, it would have been very good. But in, in that moment, at the time, you don't really know if that's the right thing to do or not. And those are very drastic measures. So, you know, you really can't, you really can't say for sure, you know, if, if it was right or wrong, but it, that's what happens and that's what we have to live with now. Um, I do not think that all the things that are happening right now as far as businesses being closed and hotels being closed and tra- the level for travel by the uh, travel advisory and, and all of that, I don't think it's an overreaction. I think that it's appropriate. Um, and whether or not it's successful depends on how, how closely people will follow it. Um, and that's really what's going to determine how soon this turns around because it will. We'll recover from this. It will happen. We'll be back to where we were before it started. Um, it just we don't know exactly when that's going to be. Yeah, of of course. Do you th- um, have have you had to personally treat uh, patients that have? Um, tested positive or where have, how have, how's it affected you as far as like what you're doing? Yeah. You know, because a majority of my patients are hotel guests, you know, they're all travelers from all over the world. Um, my volume has been down significantly, right? I'm not seeing people really even close to where I normally am. Um, you know, I had some people a few months ago who, who I considered, possibly could have tested positive for it, who were quite sick. Um, at that time, we weren't able to get the test. And even now, we really aren't able to get the test. Um, but they ended up being okay. And then they're back home in their home country from where they were. And everything turned out fine. And I didn't end up getting sick. And that was six weeks ago. And I wasn't using protective equipment or a mask or anything at all. And so it most likely was not that. Um, and I haven't really had any any requests for for that personally because my, you know, my practice is very, is very niche, right? I don't have an office, I'm not in a hospital, I'm not really sort of on the front lines of this. Um, and so I'm not personally seeing it, but I have a lot of colleagues who work in emergency departments around the country. And uh, it's, it's interesting, depending on their location is really determining what the ER is like. You know, here in LA and in New York, you know, they're crazy busy and they're being overrun and they're seeing a lot of really sick people but in other places like where I'm from in Cleveland, um, there are some cases there, but uh, the ER volume is actually down like 50% because they're not seeing people with coronavirus and everyone else who normally goes to the ER for minor things are so scared of getting the coronavirus that they're not going to the ER. So a lot of people are actually getting their hours cut. Um, at least right now, just because volumes are down because people are scared to go seek medical attention for things that are not coronavirus related because they don't want to be exposed. But I imagine in, in a few weeks when everyone starts to get, they start to show symptoms, um, it's going to pick up. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how it does um, spread or trickle through the country. Um, I mean, obviously we're hoping that it's minimal, but, um, and, I mean, a lot of people just aren't even traveling, even domestically. So I think that that's a huge help um, as far as really reducing the number of people that are just like going to different cities and that might be actually 
infected. Uh, are you seeing different um, myths or anything about the coronavirus that like you, you're hearing people talk about and it's like, no, 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 that's not correct, that, you know, we should remind people? Um, there are a few things that come to mind. Uh, the first thing is this this medication that, that Trump has been talking about. Oh, yes, the malaria. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, I know. Um, I heard about it. It's promising theoretically, right? And that's where we're at. That's what Dr. Fauci has been preaching is that, you know, theoretically it's, it's used for malaria. It could, you know, there's promise that it could help treat this coronavirus, but it's not, uh, it's not a sure thing. It's not, hasn't been really used for that at all. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so they're, they're looking into that and they're studying it to, to see if we can get it to people. Um, but it's, it's not something to hang your hat on yet. So we need to really be careful with our expectations of that medication. Um, and it does have side effects. It's I was just about, about to say, does it, it's a pretty heavy duty medication. And there, yeah. there are some, like, what do you know off the top of your head what some of the side effects are? Yeah, the one um, is uh, eye toxicity. So it can actually cause blindness. It's a very low percentage of people. And even people who take it on a regular basis for their autoimmune conditions, um, they are required to get an eye exam, but really only every few years if they don't have any other issues causing eye problems. So it's not a significant amount, but there's certainly risk of that. Um, and so it, you, you don't really know. A lot of people who take this drug on a regular basis, they need it every single day, like for their lives, for them to be able to be comfortable in their daily life. And so now we're actually seeing drug shortages of that because so many people are trying to prescribe for it because of the press that it's getting. And, and, and people think that, you know, they want it to try and prevent getting the coronavirus. And so yeah, it's, it's causing a whole nother issue. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and I think that that's the biggest worry that I have that, and just as I've been going through this is, is the, what the things that people do out of panic and fear and, and it's not to downplay the severity of it by any means, but it's like, it's kind of like pump the brakes and like do, do your research the best that you can before making maybe extreme and rash decisions. Um, another health thing, um, do you, I'm asking this on a personal, <laughs> personal thing because I have been going for runs in my immediate neighborhood. And so, and you can tell me if I've been doing the wrong thing, but, um, but I've been doing that just, and not for an extended amount of time, like anywhere from like 40 minutes to an hour at most, I'm not driving anywhere. I'm not going with anybody. I'm not running near people in a group of people, nothing solo. Um, but I've had a bunch of feedback online that people were like, you can get it from the being in the, in the air. Um, what are our thoughts on that? Yeah. So what the CDC and what the world health organization say is that it is possible to get it in the air. The studies that they have done, have shown that it survives in air particles for like three hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Survives on other surfaces for a certain amount of time, depending on what the material is. Um, a lot of the government officials in the California Department of Health and the, the LA City Mayor, they all recommend that you can still go outside, you can walk or be around your neighborhood, but you don't want to be in areas where there's a lot of people, like the beach or the pad, the hiking trails or wherever. Um, you know the 
being outside is better than being inside. When you're in an enclosed environment and the air is not moving, that's when it's easier to pick it up. If you're outside and the wind is blowing or you're moving quickly or anything like that, it's more difficult to pick it up. Um, so being outside is okay, but you still don't want to be around people. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. With a group, you don't want to be walking past a lot of people. So yeah, just still be be cognizant of that. Yeah, no, no, I I agree, and that that's actually one of the reasons why, as this kind of started, I actually because I always used to love to go for hikes, and I specifically chose to not do that because. I knew, I mean, it's, I've been hiking. I know there are bottlenecks in areas and it's people that it's, it's a social thing. And so that's why I specifically chosen to go running so that I can see if I'm running down the street and there's a group of people, I might even cross the street and go, go a different way just to just not be super close. But I mean, those are all sort of, you know, things that I, that I agree with. Um, are there, uh, this is like a, a I'm so happy to have you on just because it's nice to have some, some feedback on it just, and, and clarity. I think, I think that's another thing is, is that what makes people so nervous is that there, there is still a lot of uncertainty with it as far as, you know, because the the ways that you can get it are so, um, I mean, there's so many different ways to get it, but then it's also like, it affects people in different ways. And yeah, I mean, what what kind of um, uh, I mean, do you have any sort of ad, ad, advice for people? And make it can even be the reminders of the usual things of what people really um, should be doing um, to for prevention. Yeah, you know it it's changing every day as far as what uh, like what we're learning about this virus and how it's affecting people. And, you know, in the beginning, they were saying that really, if you're younger than 40, you don't need to worry about it at all. And if you're younger than 10, like nobody even had symptoms if you were younger than 10. And now it's changing, you know, the numbers, all the numbers for Los Angeles County as of today, um, there's like almost, there's 799 confirmed cases in LA and 80% of them are between the age of 18 and 65. And 40% of them are between age 18 and 40. So a lot of younger people are actually getting it. Now, the severity of those cases, we don't know the exact number, you know, how many people are actually hospitalized or severely ill. Um, But I I don't think that there's really anyone immune to it. So we need to be careful, you know, that early information of it only affects older people or people with chronic health conditions um, we're finding out is, is less accurate. So we all need to be worried about it. It's not, it's not a death sentence if you get it. You know, the majority, far majority of people are going to be fine from it. They'll feel pretty sick for a few days, but they'll get over it. Um, absolutely, the best things that you can do are avoid contact with other people, right? Be aware of the things that you're touching with your hands every day and, and wash and sanitize as much as you can. Don't touch your face, you know, all of that normal stuff. Um, and there are a lot of things that you can do to make sure your immune system is is operating at its highest level so that it, it won't prevent you from getting sick or from getting the virus, but it will help your body be able to fight it off uh, maybe a little bit easier and faster. Yeah. So what do you recommend for that? I'm all a big fan of prevention and really just doing things yeah. to boost my immunity that I'm a right. little bit of a health nut. I do have unhealthy habits too. I'm not perfect, but um, yeah. it's definitely a, um, something that I'm 
very fascinated with. So what what sort of immunity boosting um, uh, tips do you have? Right. So, yeah. So first of all, you know, we need to set our expectations right. Boosting your immune system or doing all of these kinds of things is not going to say that you will not get sick. It's not going to say you can go interact with people and that you're going to be fine. You can still get sick. In fact, you probably still will get sick. If you do get sick, though, and you have, you know, a strong immune system, you just won't be as sick and you won't be sick for as long is the hope. And so, you know, the biggest things are sleep, hydration, and stress management, right? Sleep health in itself is like a, is a big concept, um, making sure that you know, you're going to bed and you're waking up at the same time every day, regardless of what's happening. Uh, limiting blue light exposure for like two hours before you go to bed, limiting eating two hours before you go to bed, not doing like critically thinking or, or you know, mentally exhausting activities close to going to bed, um, can ensure you get good quality of sleep. You need to drink you know, eight, eight glasses of water a day. But on top of that, if you're somebody who exercises and you sweat when you exercise, you need to add a few cups to that. For every, for every cup of something you drink that has caffeine in it, you need to add a cup of water. So really, most people need probably 12 to 15 cups of water a day to make sure that they're at least really hydrated. Um, and then, you know, balanced diet, of course, is really good. Lots of vegetables and fruits. Um, and then supplements can help as well. All right, vitamin C uh, seems to help a little bit. It, it, we're finding out that it's less of an immune boosting thing and more of like an antioxidant fighter. But either way, uh, it, it seems to help your body a lot. So vitamin C is good. Vitamin D is good. Zinc is really good. Uh, and then echinacea is an herb that's also really good for our immune system. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are, those are all things. And, and I think that that's, especially in this time, I, I mean, it's, you know, at the same time, it's like one day of like doing all of these things, isn't going to like, it takes time basically is what I'm trying to say to, to, to build your immunity. So it's, um, but these are also really great habits. I mean, right now with so many people that are, um, required to be at home, I think now is actually a really great time to see people refocusing on their health. Um, I know, and we've even talked about this before at, at the desk when you've stopped by and I'm like, I'm healthy, except my sleep is, I never, I never sleep enough. And it's not because I can't sleep, but it's just because I'm like, don't turn the brain off and make myself go to sleep. So that's been a huge thing that I know that I've done uh, since, since this has all kind of happened is to just be like, okay, just like get your sleep, get, you know, whether it's also getting caught up, but then it's also just be consistent about it as well too, because that consistency is really sort of key. Uh, how do you, how do you see this changing potentially? This is all like, you know, theoretically, but, um, but how do you see this potentially changing, um, you know, like the healthcare system, the medical field, like moving forward? Because we haven't really seen anything quite like this. We haven't. Before. You know, the last the last time we saw something like this was the the Spanish flu in 1918. But we didn't have we didn't have technology back then. Like it was that they had cots in gymnasiums and people were just laying on the cots and they would die because we didn't have the technology that we have now to be able to take care of them and isolate them and and help them get better and not die from it. And so with the technology is, is amazing, but 
it's hard to be prepared for something of this magnitude with the technology unless you specifically plan for it. And you can't really plan for something this this massive. So, and you know, you you could argue and say that things should have been done sooner as far as you know production of masks and gloves and gowns and, and hand sanitizer and wipes and all this stuff, but it, it happened, you know. And so I think that we'll we'll have better systems in place to hopefully expedite you know production and resource allocation. Um, if something like this does happen so that the medical industry and the medical supplies and hospitals and everyone is can get things quickly to be more prepared to handle the volume of people that are going to get sick. Um, but I think with the hand that we've been dealt, I think that we're doing okay as of today. Um, the, the main goal is to not have what happened in Italy happen here where you know, we have to choose between who to, who to treat and who not to treat. We want to be able to treat everyone. And so how that happens is, is the curve that everyone's talking about, right? Prolonging the curve. The idea of that is so everybody doesn't get sick at the same time. We want people to get sick over a prolonged period of time so that we can treat them all. And so I think in the future, the healthcare industry and, and medical supplies, and we'll have bigger stockpiles and we'll have better systems in place to be able to uh, to combat the issue. Well, I mean, and, and it is fair just because, again, because we haven't seen this. Most people haven't seen something like this in their lifetime. There are very, very few people that were around in 1918 that are still alive now. And of those that are or were, they were probably infants at that time. So, um, you know, it's it's hard for for us to like really kind of grasp that. Uh, do you, what are your thoughts on, and I mean, again, there's so much that's unknown, so it's like nobody's necessarily holding this to holding you to this, but, um, as far as like, do you see it um, being seasonal? Do do you see like, cause I've heard, I've heard things that like, um, we might get over like the hump of it now. It'll maybe go away for the summer. It could come back in like November ish. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it, it really is all speculation at this time. There's a lot of epidemiologists and, and the real experts in this who can't even really agree on what's going to happen. We don't, we don't really know. You know, when you look at coronaviruses in general, you know, they've been around for a long time. They're what causes the common, the common cold, not even the flu. Like, uh, and there are tons of different coronavirus strains that we get all the time. And they're more active in the colder months and they're less active in the warmer months. And so you, you, could, you could speculate and say that, you know, once the warmer weather comes around, this will kind of die off. But who really knows? You know, I think that where we are right now is just the beginning. We're going to see the numbers are going to go all over the place. Um, and and it, is, it, it is what it is. It will probably... You know, these are my personal feelings. You know, we'll, we'll probably see it go probably until August about. It'll probably start to taper off. Um, it, it may come back in the winter. We may develop immunity. It may mutate. There's so many things that could happen. Um, we just don't really know. It's so hard to say. That's crazy. Wow. August. Here I am being hopeful to be like, can we like get past this like by the end of May? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, so... 
I, I guess we'll see. I guess my what I've always felt is is our like our quarantine phase, like where we are right now, to try and slow the spread of this, um, will probably last two months. Uh, we'll still probably see the virus around affecting people until August, but that could change. I mean, who really knows? That, that's kind of just what I've always felt. But yeah, I think see. it'll be really interesting to see, since in essence. Uh, places like Italy and Spain um, are a- ahead of us, and, and yeah, right. Yeah. So it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see how that, um, how they go through, how, how just how the next couple of weeks are for them. But we're also seeing in Hong Kong that like it's coming back. They like we're like okay, we've kind kind of gotten beyond it, and then it's like coming back. Have you seen that? I don't know. Yeah, I've heard cases of people getting reinfected with it. Yeah, um, which is nuts. Which is interesting. Yeah, but I've also heard that in Wuhan, you know, they've they've closed down all the emergency hospitals that they opened up, and they've started reopening a lot of factories. I talked to one of my medical suppliers who, um, you know, a lot of the masks and, and materials that they get made are actually made in Wuhan, and their factories are back up and running at fifty percent, and so they're starting to reverse a little bit in China. Um, but they were in this quarant- the quarantine period for two full months. Yeah, which is just so crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So I know that we've talked about a lot of things that are, um, <laughs> I mean, it's just the reality of the situation. Um, just I think pretty serious. But what, what do you see that you've learned, like, whether it's like through work, but then also just home and all of that? Like, what are you seeing that are maybe some good lessons that we're learning out of this? Yeah, I guess the biggest lesson or the biggest thing is to not take your health for granted, right? To really, to realize what you're doing every day that contributes to your health and how you're feeling and and how you're really taking care of yourself and that you investing time and money into different activities or buying things or spending time doing, you know, whatever you do with your time and your money that you should equally be spending your time and money on your health and yourself so that um, you can be around for as long as you want. Um, and then, you know, be spending time with and having your personal relationships with your close friends and your family and all of that. Um, I think the other like sort of professional type lesson that I've learned is leadership. Right? Leadership is, is very, very important and good leaders get things done quickly and take action, um, which can help you or hurt you, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I've learned. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, it's it's been a very eye opening time for for lessons in life. Um, you're also seeing, I think, a lot of people's true colors as well too. Uh, it, I know you mentioned leadership. It's also interesting to see because it. Um, gosh, I hate the fact that I'm using this, but the the. Diff- it's just people fall into different categories and true leaders, um, they, they show up. And, um, and so we're just seeing a real differentiation between that. Uh, so even in the spirit of what this podcast was, uh, we'll bring it back to travel. Um, what, um, what do you love about, what do you love about travel? So traveling for me is is a little bit interesting. I don't have a significant background in actually traveling myself. You know, we 
we always had cool places around the country where my family was that we could go visit beach properties and all of that so um we mostly just did that and then i was in school for so long without really time to travel that i haven't really done a whole lot of it but working in hospitality and directly with travelers i love you know i get to see and talk to and take care of people from all over the world every day um and you're doing house calls they spend a significant amount of time with them so we actually talk a lot about just life in general and, and what they love about coming to los angeles and why you know why they came here and where else they're going or where they've been and and all kinds of stuff i really love getting everyone's different perspectives on the lives that they come from and what they like to experience when traveling yeah well and it's it's interesting because you're getting a different um a different view of it but being invited you know being able to go into these people people's homes or you know their guest rooms and you, you're being exposed to all of these different cultures and really what it comes down to, which is also the, my favorite thing actually about travel is the human element of it, the humanity of it, that despite like cultural differences, that there is still this human aspect, which is just to me so heartwarming and, and really is kind of like the essence of it. Um, so so yeah, well, um, do you have any final tips that you want to share with anybody uh, before we wrap it up? You know, really, the only thing I want to say is to just stay home. Like, just stay home. That's it. Stay home until until the local officials say it's okay to go out. That's what we can do. And the more that we stay home, the sooner we'll get through this. And and. We will. You know, there are a lot of bad things happening in the world right now, but there are also still a lot of really great things happening in the world right now. And, you know, medical providers are still able to take care of people. You know, we do telemedicine services for people that don't have anything related to coronavirus, but they, they're too scared or, or they don't want to go out and get exposed. So you can you still have access to your medical care and, and, and issues that may come up during this time. Um, but just stay home. We're, we're going to get through it. We'll We'll be back to where we were before you know it, but just hunker down and, and control what you can control and everything will be all right. Yeah, no, those are, that's great advice. And just really to kind of keep, keep everything in perspective, which can be tough when you're in the middle of it, but pers- perspective is key for sure. Well, can you tell everybody where they can find you online, just more about your company? Um, and so for everybody that's tuned in, they know where to find you. Yeah, so uh, our website is uh, www.ampmdoc.com, and our our phone number is 888-AMPM-DOC. We're available 24-7. You can find all the information on the website. Um, If you have any questions, please reach out. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. A huge, huge thank you to you. I'm so glad that Um, we were able to connect and I'm sure that we'll be connecting more online as well too on on social media, but I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation and sit down because it's just really good to um, just add a a different perspective. I've been talking to a lot of people in the travel industry, but to actually talk to a medical professional and just put things in my my word of the day, perspective. Uh, (laughs) So thank you so much. Uh, Definitely go check him out uh, for those of you that are in the Los Angeles area. Um, And thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, More interviews to come. And uh, in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. And once we're able to travel happy. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you.